A part of me believes that, and again, I'm very spiritual. You know, I believe God has a plan for so many of us. Absolutely. And I truly believe he never puts more on us than we can handle. And I feel like he knows I can handle more than most people. Wow. And so when things happen, my, you know, my first reaction is not, oh my God, why did this happen? It's like, God, what are you trying to teach me right now? Mm. I know when I come through this, I'm going to be so much stronger. I'm going to be amazing. Whereas everybody else, their first reaction is poor me. Knowing when to break through the boundaries of average to question the unquestionable is the sign of greatness. It's those moments when you get to the absurd stage that things truly get interesting. Though the world is in need of a new generation of leaders, leaders who have the courage to break through the boundaries and question everything around them. Well, society is yearning for bold and enthusiastic women and men to provide the necessary leadership that will be required for the next leap forward. The journey to get to the brink can be unpredictable, but knowing you're at the brink, pure genius, my friends. Today, we are on the brink of greatness. One of the things that I, I think we can all agree on is that nobody likes bad news. Nobody goes out of their way for bad news. And we don't probably go out of our way for any kind of adversity either. I mean, when you think about it, it's kind of silly. But yet, it happens, doesn't it? It's called life. I always say to people, life is a four-letter word, like, but it's also it's a beautiful word. I tell you all the time, life is a gift, and here we are. I gotta tell you, today is a, an incredible program we're gonna have. You're in for a treat here, and uh, because it is all about adversity today, friends. It's about, it's about that adversity that happens in your life. And a lot of times, you know what? It happens when you least expect it. It's not like, you know, Kevin, it's not like you open up your calendar and you plan for, you know, next Tuesday at about five o'clock, I'm looking to have adversity. I'm gonna have that Tuesday at five. So I'm gonna schedule that into the program so I know next week, that, you know, my it's going to be awful next Tuesday at 5. But at least I know that's adversity. We kind of don't schedule that, do we, buddy? Uh, no, I don't think. Unfortunately, I wouldn't be scheduling any adversity. But I recognize that adversity is what strengthens us rather than weakens us. So we all have to go through that in some fashion throughout our lives to make us a stronger individual. And so we will all learn something today. You and I, Kevin, all of us are going to learn something. And I'd like to welcome on the show a Brink Thinker today for sure. Please meet Shay Eskew. Shay, so good to have you here on the Brink of Greatness today. And uh, listen, you have a remarkable story. I watched one of your videos uh, just the other day here, and you have a great website and message out there. But you have come through some major, major adversity in your life that I am certain you never planned for. And this happened many years ago when you were much younger. And I, I want to get right to the crux of that, uh, Shay, and talk about what happened in your life. So, Shay, you were, uh, how old were you when you went through this life trauma that you went through? How old was you? Eight years old. Eight years old. Wow. Yeah. And in the story, as it went, I mean, it was a group of yellow jackets, and I, I want you to tell the story, and I want, want listeners to really embrace this. And i got to tell you, Shay, there's something I, I don't think I've ever said this on radio, and I'll tell you more about it later, but 
Uh, not to the level of you had, but I had a problem similar as a young boy. I think I was about 10 or 11 with a hornet's nest of hijacks, uh, jacket, high, what do they call it? Uh, yellow jackets, I guess, <laughs> whatever Correct. they are. <laughs> it's not a pleasant thing when you're a young boy, I'll tell you. So what happened on that day when you were eight years old and you were attacked by yellow jackets? Bring us to that moment, please. Absolutely. So it was August 4th, 1982, and the previous day, I had went to visit a neighbor and my entire bike was covered in yellow jackets. So on this day, August 4th, my mom had asked me to go over and warn my neighbors about him. She was fearful something would happen to somebody else. So I recruited my friend seven, Jeff. He and I walked over to tell the neighbors about it. I knocked on the door. The dad was at home, but the 15 year old daughter was. As I proceeded to tell her about these yellow jackets, she asked if we could help her get rid of the yellow jackets. And we said, what do you need us to do? And I preface this by saying I had the most conservative parents you've ever met. Didn't drink, didn't smoke, didn't cuss. I wasn't allowed to go to spend night parties. I couldn't go to bonfires, couldn't participate in fireworks shows. If there was any chance of anything bad ever happening, hmm. I wasn't allowed to be anywhere near it. Wow. So we followed her to we pointed out the yellow jacket's nest and she said, look, I just need you to stand right here, which is about 15 feet away. She grabbed a match and threw it down on the nest, which is in the ground. Right now we all know a match in and of itself does nothing. Mm -hmm. So we're standing there watching these yellow jackets fly in and out of the nest. And without saying a word, we feel something splash the right side of my face, neck and shoulder splash the left side of my buddy, Jeff, and then it hits that match. Oh, she had tossed a cup of gasoline. And as soon as that gasoline hit the match, we were both engulfed in flames. And my immediate reaction was, oh, my God, the bees are going to sting us. So I ran to my yard, stopped, dropped, rolled, extinguished my flames. Mm -hmm. I looked over, my friend Jeff standing there screaming. So I immediately run back over, grab a water hose, put him out. And then I just stand there with his hose alternating between the two of us, mm -hmm. thinking, oh, my God, what just happened? One minute we're standing here just watching these yellow jackets fly in and out. Mm -hmm. The next minute we're fighting for our life. And this burning sensation consumed us. You felt your skin burning from the inside out. Our bodies were blackened, charred. Our flesh was peeling off. Our clothes were physically melted to our body. I remember touching my head, all of my hair came out. And it was at that point, you realize life will never be the same again. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's a moment of truth, my friend. It's a moment of truth. The person, the friend who threw the, uh, the, the gasoline, how, how old was that uh, young lady? She was 15. 15 years old. Okay, so 15, and she didn't realize, uh, I mean, she threw the gasoline on you guys as well as the yellow jackets, thinking that was going to burn them. The match was still lit, obviously, right? It was. You know, and it's one of those things, Malcolm, she had seen her father do it before. I see. It truly was an accident. I mean, there was definitely no ill will mm -hmm. on her right. part. Right. But she obviously didn't realize the match was still going. She didn't think to say, hey, guys, can you get out of the way? I'm about to toss a, cu a cup of gasoline. Yeah, big time. Yeah, big time. So let me ask you something. From, um, um, from the moment that that happened to the fact that you were rolling around on the ground to distinguish the 
flames there uh, to extinguish them. How, how long of time? What are we talking in seconds or minutes? What are we talking? I would say less than 10 seconds. Okay, 10. Wow. Shade, that's unbelievable. Less than 10 seconds. Absolutely. And that's how quickly your body burns from this is instant, isn't it? Absolutely. And, and keep in mind, you know, we had an accelerant on our entire body, gasoline. Um, and that's the thing. I mean, the gasoline, just everything was, a, you know, a factor of 20x as far as how quickly it set us on fire. You know, if it had been just our clothes and no gasoline, mm-hmm. we probably wouldn't have even got burned. At least I wouldn't have. Right. But the fact that the gasoline physically splashed me on the face, and this was in the dead of summer. I was wearing shorts and a T-shirt. Mm. All right. So so you're talking within 10 seconds, and you were burnt over, what, 65% of your body, I think it is? Originally, I was burned close to 40% of my body, mm-hmm. but I had severe complications. Uh, my first three skin grafts, which is where they harvest skin from another part of your body. Exactly. They dug them out too deep for my legs and had to skin graft to my legs. And so that took me up to being 65% of my body because those skin grafts now essentially became third-degree burns. And then gangrene set in. They had to amputate my ear. And it was just a series of complications, one after another, that I endured essentially for the next 13 years. For the next 13 years. So from eight... Uh, to, to your early 20s, you had all of these, sur- you had, as I read here in your story, about th- over 30 surgeries, yeah? I have, and I've had some up, you know, even just a couple of years ago. It's a ongoing process. You mean you still have them today, Shay? Yes, I had, my last one related just to the burns was five years ago, and that's when I got a prosthetic ear. Mm-hmm. And to get a prosthetic ear, they basically had to take dental implants, and drill three screws into my skull. And so that was a three surgery process that took a total of nine months to be able to have a prosthetic ear. And that so was my, to put the ear that was to put the ear back so that again aesthetically it it was was workable, right? Aesthetically and functionality, because without an ear, okay. your body has no way to funnel the sound down to your eardrum. Right. And for you know twenty five years I used to get ear infections almost weekly. So even though you didn't have an ear there specifically, you could you were still hearing your ear, but the ear itself was missing. Is that right? I could hear until, until I turned my head to the left. I see. And the contractures, mm-hmm. as a result of the burn scars, would physically close off my ear canal anytime I turned my head. Right, right. All right. Let me ask you about your friend. What's your friend's, the other gentleman that was burned? What's his name? Jeff Brown. Jeff, Jeff. Okay. Uh, do you still talk to Jeff today? I do not. It's one of those situations where a year after getting out of the hospital, we moved to another part of Georgia. Mm-hmm. And he lost contact with the hospital, did not go back to the school that I was going to. Mm-hmm. And with a name like Jeff Brown, it's next to impossible to track him down through social media. Wow, incredible. You've tried then, obviously, huh? I have. I've tried reaching through the Shriners Hospital, which is where I was treated for 13 right. years. I've tried through Facebook and friends. Hmm. I wonder what happened. So talk to me on how badly was he injured in this? So Jeff was burned 68% of his body. Oh, dear. 
And it's interesting because he was burned essentially almost twice as bad as I was, but he healed up twice as good. Um, I suffered from a condition and still do that's called kiloidy, mm -hmm. which means your scars thicken up over time. Okay. So my burn scars got to be almost an inch thick. And they started contracting, turning a bright red. And to alleviate that, I had to wear a compression suit that went from my ankle to my neck to my wrist 22 hours a day for three years straight. And as a result of the fire as well, my right arm was physically melted to my side. Hmm. So it took me three years to physically lift my right arm over my head. I had to learn how to write left-handed. Mm -hmm. to go back to school and finish the third grade. My neck was physically stuck at a 60-degree angle, again, because of the fire had melted it. And that took three years and multiple surgeries for me to actually be able to hold my head up straight. Hmm. And on top of the surgeries, I had to wear three custom orthotic plastic braces, one that went from the middle of my chest to the middle of my back and came up under my arm. I'd have to strap my right arm into this brace. I had to wear a plastic neck brace and then a plastic face mask that looked like a hockey mask with holes cut out for your eyes, two holes for your nose, and a slit for your mouth. Hmm. So I had to wear all three of the braces, the orthotic suit, 22 hours a day for three years. 20, how many? 22? 22 hours a day. A day, wow. So you could only take it off for eating and taking baths. I see. I see. And and for, for some years, huh? Yeah, for three years. Three years. Um, absolutely. Wow. You know, um, obviously your childhood was changed forever. I mean, you didn't have a normal childhood. I mean, listen, I, I mean, looking and hearing the story here, I mean, I think it's safe to say, Shay, you went through a version of hell. Uh, for at least those 13 years, if not longer, with everything you've had to contend with. Uh, I mean... That's incredible. Um, you know, yes, it was hell. And honestly, mm -hmm. I think we all mm -hmm. face our own adversity. Uh, mine was just definitely on a different scale. Mine was more physical, right. but there was a strong mental side to it as well. Because mm -hmm. I think we all know how supportive young kids can be. Right. And I say that facetiously. But when I went back to school, nobody had ever seen a severely burned kid. Right. So imagine this kid left for spring break, you know, summer break, right. great athlete, uh, had girlfriends, attractive kid. Mm -hmm. Then next time you see him, he's in all these plastic contraptions. He doesn't have an ear. He's got these thick scars all over his body. He has trouble walking down the hallway. And you get stares. And I was also fortunate enough that at the same time, Wes Craven released his movie Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, boy. And so many of the kids would call me Freddy Krueger. And honestly, when I looked in the mirror, that's what I saw. I saw this horrible monster. It got to where I was scared to even look in the mirror because I saw Freddy Krueger. Wow. That's, I uh... cried, cried myself to sleep for months. Mm -hmm. And it's one of those things that yeah. no matter how much my parents would tell me, don't worry, it's going to get better. Or the doctors say, hey, right. you know, we're going to fix you up. You know, looking in that mirror, mm -hmm. this is the burden you're going to carry the rest of your life. 
Yeah, I mean, that's a visual. That, that's, that's an incredible visual, brother, that you put out there. And to use the, uh, again, the, the, the term, uh, the Freddy Krueger term, everybody, I mean, everybody gets that. And you're right. You understand the culture, too, of kids and the, the, the shame and the hatred that uh, plays into society because somebody looks different, because somebody is different, because somebody appears to be different. And different can mean a lot of things, Shay, as you know. I mean, being different is, it, that's, can mean a whole lot of stuff. But you were clearly different. You were not normal in any regard. But there's a lot of people who would qualify in that category, potentially, of not being normal. But you were having some extreme points. I want to ask you this. You're, you're a young boy now. You're going through school. You have this whole cultural problem with the kids. I get that. Uh, you're dealing with all of this on, the, on a medical level. Um, let, when was the... Was there a point in through this? I mean, we'll talk a lot more about adversity just ahead in this program, but... Was there a point where you, I mean, honestly speaking, where you wanted to give up, where it was just too, I mean, did this thing at any point get the best of you? You know, I don't ever recall a moment of giving up. You know, I, I think honestly, it's just in my DNA. I got angry. I was pissed and not pissed at the girl that set me on fire, but pissed at the situation. Exactly. And yeah. one of the things I realized was this is my new reality. Mm-hmm. And I just embraced that I would never have a girlfriend. I accepted that. I didn't fight it. Mm-hmm. But what I did tell myself is, you know what? I can be a good athlete. Mm-hmm. I truly felt I had the drive and determination to reshape, remold my body. Mm-hmm. And I truly believe that if I could become a great athlete, people would overlook the scars. Yeah. Now, they would- See me for the athlete, right? That is is interesting, Shay. I want to interrupt you. That is interesting because I remember reading that in your story, and I'm so glad you just said what you said about embracing the, uh, uh, again, being an athlete, the you just you you were using that uh, in a very interesting way, and I want to talk more about that in this next segment, and I want to explore more of that. At what age were you, though? First, tell me, at what age did that happen where you, you made this decision to be an athlete? How old was you? Believe it or not, it happened when I first got burned. Um, when I was taken to the hospital in Cincinnati at the Shriners Hospital, mm-hmm. I was bedridden for the first month, and suspended above me was a huge piece of plexiglass. Mm-hmm. And on the plexiglass was all the get-well-wish cards from my schoolmates, but also had an eight and a half eleven from Herschel Walker. I think we all know Herschel Walker is. And it said, best wishes, Shay, for a quick recovery. And I stared up at this picture 24-7. And all I could think about is one day I'm going to lace my shoes up again. And when I have the ability to run, I'm going to run as fast as I can, as long as I can. Hmm. And it just consumed me every single day. And it gave me hope that, you know what? You can do it. There's people out there pulling for you. Don't quit. And so it started from there. Uh, two months after getting out of the hospital, I started playing baseball. Now, keep in mind, I couldn't even lift my right arm. So luckily, my father was the coach. He put me at second base because that was the closest distance to first. Mm-hmm. So I could throw the ball sidearm to first base. Right. Right. I played football the next season. My dad had to customize a set of shoulder pads because I have no nerves, no sweat glands for a good, you know, at least a third of my body. Yeah. 
And the fear was if I sustained a really bad injury, I could bleed out and never know it. So my dad customized shoulder pads so I could get back out there the next season and play football. And I say this, Malcolm, that then I was not a great athlete. I was not even a good athlete. But for me, I felt like I was truly normal again. I had a chance to prove I could be just like any other kid. And that's all I've ever wanted in life is just give me an opportunity. Right. I don't want a handout. I don't want any special privileges. Mm-hmm. Just let me put my shoes on and get out there and take the lick with everybody else. All right. So, Shay, uh, so sports gave that back to you as a young boy. Sports gave that back to you. But what I find really interesting about this is that, you know, you're eight. The, the trauma happens, the burn, the incident, you don't hold it against the parties involved. Then you realize as a young boy, even you said you made that decision when you were eight or nine, that you were going to be an athlete. In other words, you embraced that in your mind because you knew that would probably be a path forward. And what I think is interesting about the human spirit, what is really fascinating is that you dig deep down into yourself. And if, if you really are a winner, you're obviously Shay, you're, you're a role model. I mean, you're a winner. Clearly you're a brink thinker. You're amazing. But the thing is, that's always been in you. When you were eight, you were nine, you were 10, you were 15. That's always been there. And part of that reason is that you're always digging deeper. And I want everybody to hear that because this is a big thing we're talking about here. This is the difference. This is the difference of winners and losers, quite frankly. It's the difference of how you win in life, no matter what happens to you and what takes place. Shay, I, 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 let me tell folks now, we're, we're speaking to a, a very special man, Shay Eskew, and I'm, uh, the, his story is profound, as you hear, and what I, is most interesting is you, I, I picked up on a couple of things you said that I want to talk about in our next chapter here, and one of the things is that you were angry. Well, I would be angry too, Shay. I'd be, I'd be pissed. I mean, and I'm sure most listeners are listening would also be very angry. But then who do you get angry at? And who do you get angry with is really becomes the question you have to ask yourself, you know. But then, friends, what I really like about this is if you it can embrace this in your life. Now, hopefully the problem you have in your life doesn't come to the level of what Shay has been through. I don't wish that on anybody. But the thing is, what are you going to do about it? And that's where adversity can be a really sexy word in your life. I wrote a few pieces uh, just a few years back about adversity because I find it as a real spark in our life. It can be a real spark and it can give you an opportunity to change the trajectory of your life. We'll explain more about that, friends, as we continue on with this fantastic conversation with Shay Eskew. We'll be back on The Brink in just a moment. Think back to the last time you felt healthy and energized. The best times of our lives occur when we're at the peak of our health, sleeping better, full of energy and focus. We know that fades with age, and you might be feeling the effects of aging as low energy and poor sleep. But it doesn't have to be that way. There haven't been any nutrition systems designed to rejuvenate our bodies as we get older until now. Healthy Cell Pro is the only multinutrient system that impacts the building block of your body, the cell. Created by anti-aging expert and Nobel Prize nominee, Dr. Vincent Giampapa, award-winning Healthy Cell Pro cuts through the complexity of nutrition supplements by simply giving you the purest ingredients, filling dietary gaps to nourish your cells and enhance your quality of life for optimal performance. Visit HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for an exclusive discount or call 844-869-9958. 
We're back on the brink of greatness, friends. It's Malcolm Out Loud here with Kevin Williams. And uh, we're speaking to Shea Eskew is our brink thinker today as we talk about, again, eight years old. He has a trauma. You want to get rid of the yellow jackets as a kid. He had these in the neighborhood. And, and um, you know, the friend had poured gasoline. It accidentally it splashed on him and a friend of his, uh, Jeff. And then the... The, the, mat, the match was there, and then the gasoline lit up, and that was it, friends. I mean, the, the, the scars were scars for life that uh, were devastating, you know? What's interesting, Shay, about some of this I was thinking about when I asked you about your friend is, I wonder what happened to him. And you talk about things not going well. I mean, as you said, he was burnt even more severely, but healed much better. And I'm wondering, I wanted to circle back on that point and ask you something. Could that have been because of the medical treatment he received? Is it potentially, I mean, that always is something that uh, I'm um, thinking of, Shay, is like when we go through some trauma in our life, getting the proper medical care is key. Because you rolled on the ground immediately, and he didn't do that. You got the hose and put him out. That took longer time. When this thing is burning on your body, as, as Shay described moments ago, people, it just, you're, everything's melting. Your skin is melting. Your clothes are melting. Everything's melting instantaneously. So, obviously... You had you had this condition, I guess. So I guess was what I'm saying is was the 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 more severe problems you had was it more related to this condition you think or was it did it have anything to do with the medical treatment you received versus what Jeff exactly received? Just condition. We were both treated at the same facility. Oh, we were next to each other, all right, all right. and you know what your listeners need to understand is I'm always the one percent. If there's a, <laughs> and I say that with sincerity. If there's a one percent chance of something happening, yeah. it's me. It's the yeah. gangrene setting in. Yeah. I lost three skin grafts to infection. Yeah. And I've had so many surgeries over the years that when I would go in, the doctors say, All right, here's the potential downside. And I said, All right, well tell me the one percent downside. Mm. And they'd give me that. I said, Look, I want you to assume that's what's gonna happen to me. And almost every time it does. And once you embrace that, you know, and it's one of those, I've actually come up with a term or I didn't come up with it, but I've, mm-hmm. I use it. It's called embrace the suck. And for me, it's a mindset that I know things are going to mm-hmm. hit the fan. Yeah. You know, the shit hits the fan as we say, mm-hmm. I know what's going to happen. I'm prepared for that. Everything I do in life, I know how bad things can get, and when it happens, I don't panic. Shay, why do you think that happens to you, though? Why do you take a moment and why do we think? Uh, why do you believe that that? Why is that one percent? Why have you ever really explored or understood why? A part of me believes that, and again, I'm very spiritual. You know, I believe God has a plan for so many of us. Absolutely, and I truly believe He never puts more on us than we can handle. And I feel like he knows I can handle more than most people. Wow. And so when things happen, my, you know, my first reaction is not, oh, my God, why did this happen? It's like, God, what are you trying to teach me right now? Mm. I know when I come through this, <laughs> I'm going to be so much stronger. I'm going to be amazing. Whereas everybody else, their first reaction is poor me. Right, right, right. And you feel sorry for yourself. Yeah, you feel sorry for yourself. I could see you standing there right now saying, is that all you got? Bring it on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and if you know me, wow. my first reaction to pain, uh, I start laughing. And it's just a coping mechanism. I don't cry out of pain. pain. Yeah, high tolerance. I start laughing. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, I got to tell you, Shay, listening to you today and listen to this whole setup here, you definitely would be a warrior. Uh, and, and, and that's not just saying that to make you feel good, but I mean, but you can hear the passion behind that and the commitment to life as a whole and what that means. So, all right. So let's now get into the story uh, because you've done an Ironman. I want to talk. And now as a speaker and all the things you're doing, because I want to later on, I want to talk, I want to share a few antidotes and talk about adversity. And that to me is the real big word today that I want people to take away from. The, I, I pray that everybody, when they leave this hour they've spent with us today, Shay, that they remember adversity and they remember how adversity can be a good thing in their life. And they remember how to embrace that adversity. And they might even remember something you said when you say, listen, is that all you got? You know, to whoever it is, whatever it is, whatever that moment is. Is that what it is? Is that all you got, people? Bring it on. I'm ready. So let's get it back now to, um, now you're, again, I want everybody to understand, embrace where you've done. You've, you've come through all these years, 13 years of struggling as a young boy. You didn't have a normal childhood. You had to struggle with all of it. You're in and out of the doctors and the hospitals and over 30, about 35 surgeries or so in those years, still having them today, in fact. So at what point do you really get serious now with this competing? And tell us the journey with the Ironman and all of this, because this is really exciting. You know, I'd say for me, honestly, it started picking up momentum when I got introduced to the sport of wrestling in sixth grade. I realized some of the things that I had lost as a result of getting burned. I lost dexterity, the ability to compete in sports that required finesse or touch. But with wrestling, I quickly realized that if it was a sport that requ required all-out effort, last man standing, whoever could take the highest pain and dish it out over a period of time would come out victorious. Those were the sports that I would excel in. By the time I finished wrestling in high school, I was an All-American. I'm getting inducted April into the National Wrestling Hall of Fame under the Medal of Courage wow. designation. I got I boxed for three years in college, was inducted into their Hall of Fame, never lost a match. And then for me, Iron Man was just a continuation of that. And again, through a what I call a God encounter, I got introduced to Iron Man. Um, I'll never forget, I was working in a high-rise downtown Atlanta. And every day at lunch, I'd go down and work on bench press, curls, the gun show, right? You know, I wanted to look good in the T-shirt. And I was about 40 pounds heavier than what I am today. And at the time, I was 33 years old. This 65-year-old man comes up to me, big barrel-chested guy. He's got a flat top. And he says, hey, tough guy. And I said, you talking to me? He goes, yeah, I'm talking to you. He goes, why don't you come to my little boot camp class, just me and a bunch of ladies. We'll see what you got. And he goes, it shouldn't be anything for a guy like you with all your muscles. He obviously knew which buttons to push. <laughs> I'm like, whatever, old timer. So I accept the challenge. I go in there. Two to four in 10 minutes, I'm in tears. We're doing all core exercises, leg lifts, planks. You got it. And then finally, at the end of the class, we get to push us. I'm like, man, I'm going to bury this bird. He doesn't know who he's messing with. But my core is so weakened, I couldn't keep up with this 65-year-old man. Oh, wow. And just at the point of breaking, he goes, Eskew, ponytails is kicking your butt. You better pick it up, boy. 
And all I could say is, yes, sir. And I was so embarrassed. I went home. I told my wife and I said, I'll be damned if I let a 65-year-old man kick my butt like that. Never again. Mm. I went back to class every single day. Two months later, I was down 25 pounds. He and I became close friends. Come to find out, this guy was one of the original Ironmen from 1978. I'll be damned. Marine drill sergeant. And then got diagnosed stage four pancreatic cancer. Oh, boy. Long story short, within a year, we lost him. Oh. Right before we lost him, you know, Henry and I are talking. He said, Shay, the brain is a powerful thing. There are so many things you can do. You just got to be willing to suffer. Mm. So a group of us said, Henry, wow. we're going to do the next big triathlon. I don't care the distance. Mm -hmm. We're doing it. So we signed up for a half Ironman, which is a 1.2-mile swim, 56-mile bike, and then a 13.1 half marathon. So I had four months to get ready for it, didn't own a bike, had never swam, hadn't ran more than five miles in my life, hadn't ran since college. We're talking, I'm 10 years post-college. Now, this was going to be you and Henry, right? I'm sorry? This was going to be you and Henry, correct? No, Henry was dead. Oh, he was, oh, he was gone at that point. Sorry. Okay. He had passed away, and so it's me and six other of my boot camp. Okay, fair enough. Um, so we did the race. I finished top 25%, and I said, you know what? That wasn't that bad. Imagine if I knew what I was really doing. Mm. So a week later, I signed up for the full Ironman. I had four months to get ready. A week Same later. Course. Yeah, I signed up for it. I had four months to get ready to do the same course twice. And then when I finished that race, I finished top 15%. And then it was then and there, I said, you know what? This is my sport. And so I have dedicated myself fully to the sport. The past four years, I've been ranked top 1% of Ironman athletes worldwide. And I say this not to be boastful, but to say, mm. if you're willing to put in the time, That's it. if you're willing to suffer, if you're willing to sacrifice and truly focus on what is important, mm -hmm. you can do it. Yeah. But one of the things I did, I didn't sacrifice my family. I didn't sacrifice my career. Right. I prioritized everything. Now, the Ironman triathlon, have you done it in different areas of the country? Have you done it in Hawaii? I did the one in Hawaii 2012. Okay. I was one of the featured athletes by NBC on that broadcast. Oh, yeah. 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 It's an amazing, well, amazing run. A lot of friends and stuff have done it. Um, so now it's a, now you're addicted to this. This is your sport. I mean, you've got it nailed. You're the yeah, top, I've raced top, in right? 11 countries. 11 uh, countries. 11 Top 1%. I've raced um, 11 world championships in seven countries. Sorry. Oh, gotcha. Gotcha. All right. I, I'm, just, I'm just curious. So what did Henry mean to you? Mm. I mean, it seems like he's the one who really changed, like, your entire perspective yeah. on life. You know, that's a great question, Kevin, because, you know, sadly, once we graduate college, once we get married, I think so many of us become – we buy into, hey, I just need to go to my work, do my job, come home, be a husband, and be a dad. And Henry gave me a renewed purpose that I need to do something that's bigger than me. It can't be about Shay Eskew. And so racing in those first two races was for Henry. And again, you can't make this up, but 
my first Iron Man, the full Iron Man, marked the one-year anniversary of Henry passing. And I didn't know that when I signed up. I had no clue during all my training. I was just doing what I felt led to do. Mm-hmm. Then I ran into his daughter the day before the race, and she said, Shay, Daddy's going to be watching you tomorrow. And I said, well, I said, I know. She goes, you know this is the one-year anniversary. I was like, I didn't. I said, I've, I've been so wrapped up. I just didn't even think through it. And then you start realizing there's so many other things in life you could do if you're truly willing to push yourself. Yeah. And how many things have you talked yourself out of doing because you couldn't figure out how to get started? And that's what you realize there's so many things that we want in life. Yeah. And we're like, man, that's just too crazy. I could never get there. You made a comment or you said something a bit ago about Henry when you mentioned uh, something he said or the driving you about brain. What, uh, can you make that comment again? What was it? Yeah, he's talking about the brain is such a powerful tool mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it really drives us, but not many of us focus on channeling the way it should be. And one of the analogies he always gave was he goes, Shane, Think of your body as an HVAC unit that you use to heat and cool your house. Mm-hmm. That unit can blow hot and cold air 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. But all of us have a thermostat on our heating and cooling unit. And at 70 degrees, if that's what your thermostat is set, it shuts the unit down. Regardless how much more hot and cold air it can blow, it shuts the whole unit down. Because, and that's what your brain is. Mm-hmm. Your brain is a preset thermostat for your body. And unfortunately, it comes with the wrong factory settings. Mm -hmm. But so many of us accept those factory settings and say, well, the brain says this is painful. I should stop. Mm -hmm. And he said, once you learn just to tune that out, it's amazing what you can do. And he said, I want to challenge you to turn your thermostat down one degree every week. And then tell me where you are six months from now. Hmm. Well. Did, did did Henry ever tell you why he came to you and kind of like taunted you a little bit into coming to his little boot camp? Did he see something to make that decision? I, you know, it's hard to say. I never asked him, mm-hmm. but I have a feeling he's one of those guys. I mean, again, a former Marine drill sergeant. He sees a guy walk around flexing his muscles in the locker room. He knew. <laughs> What somebody like me would respond to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, he was edging you on is what he was doing. He was edging oh, you absolutely. on. And the way he laid it all down and what he had said, he knew you had it in you. See, we all have it in us. We have it in us. And he's seen that, which is why he was a brilliant man. Henry was. Uh, in fact, what I'd like to do today, uh, Shay, with your permission as well right now, let's dedicate this entire program today uh, to the wonderful memory and the aspirations of Henry Forrest is his name, Henry Forrest. Let's dedicate this entire program today to Henry and his memory, who he is, what he was about, and the way he impacted your life. And clearly he was a major impact in your life uh, in a very significant way. Um, what a what an amazing story. We all along the journey as well, I want to suggest to everybody, Henry was an angel, an angel in your life, Shay. And we all have angels that come along in our lives. This is important. Now, I use angel metaphorically, however you want to use it, people. But the point is, you have these people that are going to come into your life that are going to impact you in such a profound way. Again, I refer to them as an angel. You can use whatever adjective you want. 
But that along the journey of life, Shay, don't you agree with that, that these angels are going to come in? And it's up to you to find that, embrace those people, and use them for the path forward. Don't, don't you think? I truly believe God sends people in our life every day. 100%. And 100%. challenges, so many of us are so focused on what we think is our path to yeah. success. Yeah. We overlook these daily occurrences and yeah. dismiss them. And it's those times that we actually just stop. Yeah. 100%. And, you know, yeah. Block the noise and just interact and, with these people. Oh, it's happening right this moment. Let me just tell you all right now, there's a reason Shay's here today talking to us. He's supposed to be. It, it, all this stuff is happening for reasons that are supposed to happen, people. It, it's it's intentional. It's not accidental. None of this is accidental, I'm telling you. All right, listen, we're going to, again, we dedicate today's entire show, this entire program to this magnificent man, the memory of Henry Forrest. As we talk about this story, friends, uh, I mean, you, the other thing about Shay that I want you to understand is that not only is he married, his wife, he's got five children. I mean, he took it all on. He's in the top 1% uh, in, the, in the world of, uh, you know, athletes and doing the sign man thing. I mean, he's, which is not easy to do, people. I mean, you've got to really be committed. Again, you know, didn't know how to swim, didn't know how to do this. I mean, you've really got to dig down for more and train. I know I've got a lot of friends who've done it. And talk about it. You know, if you've all listened in the past, I don't know if you caught the show we did just a couple of weeks back with Sean Swarner. But I got to tell you, you listen to Shay Eskew today. Go back and listen to Sean Swarner, friends. Imagine you now run. Now, now just imagine this. Imagine you running through your life. And on one side of you, you have Shay Eskew. And on the other side of you, you have Sean Swarner. And you're in the middle. Think about those two cats in your life. You've got one on the left, one on the right, running through life. I'll tell you what, friend. You talk about a couple of linebackers or whatever's going to be thrown at you next. Sign me up for more of that. There's a couple of big guys right there. Shea Eskew, Sean Swarner. That, my friends, is a brink of greatness. Hold that thought. We'll be back in just a moment. The goal is to deliver a message of truth, inspiration, and hope to the world to unite people from all backgrounds and beliefs in an effort to advance humanity. News blogs, informative podcasts, and entertaining videos. It's AmericaOutloud.com, where the conversation never ends. With 24-7 streaming on our free apps on both Android and Apple. Welcome to the New Era in Communications, America Out Loud Talk Radio. What a great day to be talking about the brink of greatness, and this story is profound. And it has touched me already in a profound way for a lot of reasons, Uh, uh, far too many than I can explain to you at this moment. But as you say, in the, you just heard in the last segment, we dedicated the entire program to Henry Forrest, uh, his very dear friend who passed away in pancreatic cancer, but really was an angel in Shay's life. As you've listened to the whole story here now, and you see where he is in his life. All right, Shay, you're a speaker now. You have a great website, which we want to tell folks about. I want to dive into this, and I want to talk to you about more about adversity. But, And again, you have this whole comment about... Um, Embrace, what do you call it? Embrace suck, I think you call it. Is that what it is? Embrace the suck. Embrace the suck. That is fascinating. Embrace the suck. Listen to that, people. 
it, 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 wrap that around your mind for a moment. Just wrap the, think, and then think about who's complaining about a broken nail or a hangnail or a, something that's wrong in your life today that is so minuscule it doesn't really matter. I, I tell all of us, and I tell myself daily people, let's not worry about worrying. Let's not worry about things we don't need to worry about. Let's spend our time focused on the big stuff. Let's kick some ass in this life while we're here. Now, you have on your website here, you have here, uh, forged by adversity, uh, this Iron Man with the Iron Will lives by the simple creed, life is not fair, but it is too short to make excuses for not being successful. <sighs> that speaks to me, I've got to tell you. Perseverance. We're talking about perseverance. We're talking about adversity. Um, I think adversity is the key shade of all of this. I think it is the key to really embracing these things in your life. And it's a great reminder. It's a great reminder, Kevin, for you and I, for all of our listeners to know what we're talking about. Because we sometimes, we lose sight of this. And we think maybe we're looking for the perfect life. Maybe we think we're entitled to the perfect life. But we tend to lose sight of these things. And then we get lost in the weeds and then the problems overtake us, and then they k kick us. And you all can relate to that out there. You know, these things that happen in our life, they're not accidental. They're supposed to happen. And a lot of times it's the fork in the road mentality. It's the Robert Frost deal. This stuff happens because we're supposed to go down another path. There's something that's going to take us in another direction. We're supposed to be redirected. We're supposed to meet the next person on the next path. Something's supposed to happen, Shay. Don't you think? Absolutely. You know, and one of the things I always like, I get asked a lot is, Shay, if you could go back in time, would you not walk across the yard and tell Becky about the yellow jacket's nest? Mm. And I tell people, I said, look, if you asked me when I was 13, 16, 21 years old, mm -hmm. of course, who would want to go through all this years, pain, being made fun of? But now that I'm on the other side of it, hell no, I wouldn't take it back. What in life have I ever missed out on? Just name one thing. Mm. I've had a great sports career. Mm. I married a beautiful wife, married 15 years. I've got five amazing, healthy kids under 12. Tell me what I've ever missed out on life. Did I have to work five times as hard just to be average? Absolutely. But because I worked five times as hard, it meant 10 times as much to me. And think about that. The things that we value in life are the things that we sacrificed and worked for, not the things that people gave to us or they came easily. So potentially, Shay, potentially, we might be even saying that what happened to you back at eight years old, and you say here, I've seen in your story, you say, I don't regret being burned. I hear those words, buddy. I hear, I mean, they're tough words for people to understand what you're really saying. But when you bring it all the way back to that point, that happening in your life, what you're really saying is that was a blessing. Absolutely. <laughs> wow. Let that resonate in your brains, people. You know, you talk about you were burned and you think, okay, it's part of God's plan. How do you reconcile that with yourself? Because other people might look at it and say, why is God punishing me? And you're, you're looking at it as embracing the suck and saying, how is God blessing me? Kevin, that's a great question when you ask what part of it has really helped me. Is it truly just embracing adversity? For me, it's I recognize adversity is a critical component of growth. I realized early on at eight, 
life's not fair. Bad things happen to good people. And sometimes no matter what you do, you can't plan for everything. And so what I try to do is knowingly put myself in difficult situations. I'm prepared for things to go wrong. So when they do happen, I don't panic. And I even put myself through daily challenges to try to mentally harden my brain. I'll run 18 miles on a treadmill. If you've never done that, it's pretty painful. The brain just goes dead. But I do that because I'm convincing myself I'm going to be mentally tough. I am prepared to do things where most people would quit. And I think that's why I've been successful because I know when things go wrong, this is when I shine. This is what produces the greatest opportunity, whereas so many people, when things go wrong, they don't know what to do. They didn't learn that in grad school. Mm-hmm. So they panic and they quit. Because yeah. a lot of times when I hear embrace the suck, I think I've read that you always said, do something you hate to do every day. It's, <laughs> Absolutely. Right? It's like, Absolutely. Lot, right. There's stuff at work like, oh, we got to learn some new IT system rather than running away. You're like, let me go learn that thing. I hate it, but I'm going to figure it out. So it's kind of what's making you successful in business is you embrace everything that you hate to do, you do, which makes you the success you are today. You know, and, and on top of that, it's also, I have the mindset that any gifts that I have today, I know I could wake up tomorrow and lose every one of them. Before every surgery, if you were to come to my hospital room, you will see me exercising in there. Because I want to go into that surgery knowing if I wake up and can't use my arms or my legs, I didn't waste one single minute. I made the use of all of my abilities every single second I had. And when you start living every single day as if it could be your last, I promise it's amazing how much more successful and just enjoyment and knowing you made the use of every minute. We we all have to learn to embrace what you just said every moment, Shay, right? Absolutely. Yeah, we're not doing that enough. I mean, I like this embrace in every moment. I want to tell folks now that your website is really, a, it's a joy to look and read all your your uh, accomplishments, but your story here and your encouragement for others. And the website, friends, is very easy. It's shaysq.com, S-H-A-Y-E-S-K-E-W. Uh, we'll have all the links in the post when it goes there as well. But you've got to check out the site. What I also like here is you've got a lot of videos in here, uh, which are really great. They great uh, videos to watch here. Uh, you've got here Kona Inspired Winner. That's of course in Hawaii. Uh, Shay's Inspiration, which I did watch, it's really good. Your Buds Commercial Iron Man Finish. There's some great, great stuff here. You've got to check out people. But I also want to bring attention, Shay, to your book which is going to be up in the bookstore. You can go to the bookstore right now, friends, on brinkofgreatness.com, or you can go to americaroutloud.com, and it will connect you to Amazon to be able to get it. It's the Amazon bookstore. We have a whole store there, which we put all these great books in. It's called What the Fire Ignited. What the Fire... How do you like that for a title? That is a great title for that book, buddy. What the Fire Ignited. Huh? That's... You couldn't have a better title. You know who came up with that title? Who? My 12-year-old daughter. Yeah, she was good. She was good. She was good. And you got here at the top of that book, listen to this, friends, How Life's Worst Helped Me Achieve My Best. 
Can't put it any simpler than that. Adversity is the key. Let's take the last few moments and talk about uh, adversity and give some tips on, on uh, really how to overcome some uh, adversity in your life. One of the, um, one of the pieces I wrote a couple years back here, uh, Shay, I want to share with you, make an adversity in life your advantage. Uh, and some of the tips I have in here is, is the decisions you make will impact you first and foremost. Always remember that it's your life, no one else's. So a lot of people live their life by other people's standards, or they worry about what other people think. I hear that a lot from people, and a lot of successful people too still, or they think they are, really haven't even climbed that hurdle yet to understand that what people think of you is really none of your business and should not impact your life whatsoever. What do you think about that? I agree 100%. And what a lot of people don't realize is whether it's intentional or unintentional, so many people impose their own limits on you. So when you share your dreams of greatness and what you're going to do, all the hard work you're going to put in to make it happen, people are very quick to tell you, you're crazy. Why would you do that? Here's what's going to happen. So you can't be deterred by everybody else's thoughts. I can't tell you how many people try to tell me I'm doing everything I do. I don't need their validation. I say, look, watch me. When you encounter those moments where you're ready to quit, that's when you fall back on that 10%. Mm-hmm. You say, look, I've been through worse. This is nothing. Right. And you got to keep reminding yourself that no matter what, this is nothing. I've been through far worse. And that's why I tell my wife all the time. I said, love, we can overcome anything. As long as we're both in it together and you know that, Life's pretty easy, but so many people don't know that. So many people think, oh, my God, I'm going to die. I can't do this. If you flip that mentality and say, I'm going to get through this, I'm going to come out on the other side, have no fear, just jump in. Yep, that, that's just pure willpower there. And we all have willpower, really, if you got it in your people. I just want to remind you, you got it in you. And I know I got it in me. I mean, I do it all the time, but I... The perseverance, the the determination, uh, the adversity, the inspiration to be able to uh, uh, overcome these challenges. Because, again, guys, life is uh, ups and downs. Life is a four-letter word. I mean, it's supposed to be that way. It's not by design it is that way, people. It's all learning how to... navigate navigate these ups and downs through your life another one to share with you both in the last minute or so we have left here is pushing through the day from one task to the next will surely compete your task list but for above average life execute the details the reason i wanted to bring that to everyone's attention is because not everybody gets the details correct When you get the details correct in life, you will excel to the top of the class. Life, I find, guys, I find life is about details. Shay, I think it's all about details. I really believe it. If you miss the details, you're not getting anywhere. It's all about details. What do you think? Again, I couldn't agree more. And one of the things I do, like in my training, everything I do simulates race conditions. I will physically wear my race suit in my basement training. I'll physically train in the elements, race day conditions. I will go train at the same time of day that I'll be racing. I'll drink the same nutrition. Everything is about the details so that there are no unexpected. Because one of the things we know in Ironman, something will go wrong. Every single race, you can guarantee something will go wrong. But when you focus on every detail, you don't panic. You've been there. You know what can go wrong, and you're prepared to adapt to it. And the same is true with life. 
Yeah. Focus on every detail, man. That is so well said. You know, I would love in the future, one of my goals in leaving our program today, it's, it's been unbelievable, is, uh, first of all, I, I, we've got to figure out a way to have you back on because you're, you're too powerful. The messaging, we never have enough time. I could talk to you for hours and hours and hours and days on end on all of this stuff. I got so much of this. I just love this stuff. Love it. But, you know, one time ahead, we got a plan somewhere to do a very special program, and, and we, we will make a goal of this after today here. We got to plan a special program and have you and Sean Swarner. Sean Swarner, Shay Eskew on the same program. And you'll just have to have more voltage in your in your uh, Wi-Fi that day, people. You're going to have to have more power. Right, Kev? It's going to have to have more power. It, it, it's true. Now, Sean Swanner, uh, Shay, mm-hmm. is it's somebody who had cancer, overcame it twice, yep. was told he was going to die in 14 days as a kid. Yep. And he scaled the seven summits, went to the North and South Pole, and is positive. Everything is a mindset, and he believes he can do it, he will do it. Oh, it's amazing. It's, He's amazing. You, you guys are yeah. so similar. It's you know, I want, I want you to, Shay, I want you to uh, promise me, please, that you go back to the brinkofgreatness.com, and Sean Swarner's uh, show, his uh, talk and the interview we did with him is right up near the top of the platform right now. Um, and as we're talking, as, as people are hearing this on talk radio now, and again, let me remind folks right now, this plays, uh, friends, uh, every weekend, Saturday and Sunday, 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time is the newest show where we get to really talk uh, to the uh, what I call the, the Earth's, Earth's best, the, the, the planet's best. <laughs> These are the, the creme de la creme, all the folks, the brink thinkers out there, the people who are doing some cool things on the planet here. Uh, that's what this, which there are a lot of you out there. A lot of you cats are just amazing people that uh, this, we're just about exposing this and bringing everything to light. And that's what it's about. But I want to encourage you to go uh, listen to Sean's show. Shay, you got to tell me you'll do that. And Absolutely. you'll love it, and you'll just and now you'll know why I want to get you guys together. Uh, when you hear the guy's accomplishments and you see what he's done, as well as your own, you cats are like um, bro- brothers from a different mother, like uh, many of us here. We hope to be, you know, but uh, truly are an inspiration to everybody. Um, it's what I love about this platform. It's what I love to talk to all of you about. There's so much to discuss and to to really bring forward in these great talks. Uh, Shay, you will not be a stranger here, I assure you. And uh, again, this show, always every Monday, it goes to podcast, people. So you can hear us on podcast uh, every Monday. But again, catch us on Talk Radio. Get the app on Android or Apple. It's all back at brinkofgreatness.com. And of course, at at our mothership, America Out Loud. We play on the America Out Loud Talk Radio Network, friends. Thank you again for being part of this journey today, friends. And again, the brink of greatness can only happen when you're willing to push through the boundaries and limitations that are holding you back. And when you're willing to embrace the adversity in your life. What's holding you back, friends? Remember to take the next leap forward.